Welcome to another edition of Regulators Podcast. I'm your boy Waldo Waldy. We are joined by a very special guest, the mighty mop master himself, Uncle Jay, Justin Snyder. Good to have you back, sir. Good to be back, man. Week three NFL. Looking forward to it. Getting ready. Hell yes. So for those of you who do not know, uh, Justin is one of the best mock draft people in the country, in the world. And I implore you to dig through our past tweets if you have the time and look at his mocks that he put out going into the 2020 NFL draft. He outdrafted Daniel Jeremiah. He outdrafted everybody at ESPN, NFL, all the rest, all the best. You can line him up against everybody. Um, his claim to fame is his college scouting is, is unmatched and unparalleled. And we are happy to have him on the show anytime that he's able to stop by. So we are going to get you ready for game day. It's week three. Uh, first, we're going to go into a recap of our Thursday night game. Dolphins-Jags, we had predicted that the Dolphins would win, um, but expected it to be a little bit more of a battle than it was. How did you feel about the game? Uh, I thought the Dolphins played well. I think uh, Shark being out for Jacksonville you know, allowed the Miami defense to play with a little more confidence. You know, we did get gashed a little bit by Robinson, but uh, overall, you know, I think the defense played well, um, got a couple of sacks. Um, yeah, I think it was an eye for an eye with Chark being out, but then also Byron Jones was out. So it was kind of one of our best defenders, their their best offensive weapon. I was really surprised, though, that they didn't utilize Gesicki more because PFF had him ranked as the number one tight end going into week three, and the Jags were giving up more yards to tight ends than any other team. So he ended up with one catch. He did get a touchdown out of it, um, but I was surprised to not see him being utilized more, especially in a Chan Gailey offense, which we know is run the ball down your throat, roll out, and hit your tight end. That's basically the entire offense, though halfway through that first quarter, I was tweeting out, I'm sorry, Chan Gailey, for all the shit I talked. They, they looked like they were doing pretty well. Yeah, you would have thought they would have targeted uh, Jacecki more. You know, it was good to see uh, Durham Smith get in there and, uh, you know, play well. Um, the offense as a whole, I mean, it really looked good. Um, Fitzpatrick had one of those games. Um, you know, I think he's 6-0 against the Jags playing for six different teams. So that's a little fun stat there. Um, I think he had, what, two incompletions? So it was completion Yeah, and percentage. you know, for all that shit that Michael Irvin, and I, I love me some Michael Irvin, but before the game talking about, these guys don't want to play for Fitzpatrick. They want to play for the young man. They want to play for Tua. No, they love them some Ryan Fitzpatrick. You see him out there throwing the lead block. You know, on the on, on the, the end around, yeah, end around, I like that. It's like this this man is gonna go out in a blaze of glory, and that's they love playing for him. And like we've talked about, I mean, there's no there's no better person for Tua to learn behind. Um, of course, you know, as far as everything you go through during the week, game day preparation, everything like that. I mean, you're setting Tua up for success. You're not just throwing him out there and feeding him to the wolves. Um, you know, there's nobody better than Ryan Fitzpatrick to uh, to learn from. And you take the juxtaposition of the Harvard grad versus the grizzly man who's not afraid to go out there and put his body on the line and, 
you know, give it all for the team. Absolutely. Um, I was excited to see the Dolphins get their first one of the season. Um, Jacksonville on a short week. Uh, you know, it's good to uh, to get the win. Um, surprised. Miles Gaskin got, I believe, what, 22 carries. I yeah, mean, it looks like it's going to be the Miles Gaskin show for a while. They talked about a three-headed monster there, but Jordan Howard is the Kalen Balazs of this year. Every week, it seems he has four carries for five yards. They keep giving him the ball at the goal line. I wish they wouldn't. That was the bane of our existence last year when they kept giving Kalen Balazs the ball at the goal line, and it was like, why? Just stop. Yeah, so. it, was, it was interesting to see uh, Gaskin get that many carries. It, it almost has like a New England feel to it right? as far as the running back situation. You know, it's uh, and for fantasy, you know, it's it's awful. You know, it's you never know who you could start, who you could be comfortable in. Um, you know, you seem like you know they're riding a guy strong going to the next week. From a fantasy perspective, you know, I think you got a good play, and then all of a sudden they give twenty carries to Jordan Howard, and you know, switch yeah. it up, kind of like the Sony Michelle Burkhead, and you know that type of situation. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how the running backs progress. You know, running back obviously was you know an area of concern last year, and we brought in Brita, brought in Howard. But it's interesting to see, uh, you know, Miles Gaskin, um, you know, getting low to the work. And it was nice to see friend of the show Chandler Cox knocking the snot out of some people paving the way. And then uh, from a Jacksonville perspective, I think the uh, Minshew mania came a little bit down to earth. Um, I expected better things out of him, especially the way that he had played through the first two games of the season. Now, granted, he didn't have Chark out there, so that is a huge detriment, but you can't let the loss of one guy be the debacle of your offense. And there were times where he just looked so lost and he was throwing up into triple coverage and he just really, I mean, it's not like the Dolphins were sending eight guys, seven guys in there on each play. He he just, he wasn't able to read the defenses at a speed that he needed to. Yeah, you got to kind of wonder if that's a situation where maybe he feels like he needs to do too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that being said, you know, with Shark out, you know, Jacksonville obviously doesn't have a lot of playmakers. They don't have a lot of options to give the ball to. And you get down early and fast. And, and, and you feel like you got to make up for that quick, you know. Yeah. But I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting with Jacksonville because before the season started, you know, 95% of, you know, all mock drafters had them with the number one overall pick with taking Trevor Lawrence. You know, well, and yeah, I wrote them off completely. Absolutely. And Fire sale. And they're in a situation now where, you know, if Minshew can keep progressing and, you know, he can keep looking good, you know, what does it look like in the draft when when Jacksonville's on the board, wherever they're picking, you know, does it eliminate the need to take a quarterback now? And can you take a, you know, maybe an offensive tackle or a playmaker at wide receiver, you know? So this year is going to be interesting to see how they progress and, and how much you actually believe in Minshew. And yeah, 90% of that decision rests on the shoulders of Garner Minshew. It absolutely does. And, uh, you know, I do believe that they will, you know, look at that strongly in the offseason. And you, you got to factor in these things like – you know, what would he look like if he had playmakers and he had more talent around him? You know, could he succeed? And, you know, it's, it's an interesting question that I think Jacksonville is going to look into. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll uh, get a good glimpse at that as the season goes on. So let's get into our week three picks. First game we have up is San Francisco 49ers versus the New York Giants. I hate this game. This game, from a betting standpoint, it just, it's ugly. I don't like it. 
San Francisco has no Jimmy G, no Mostert, no Kittle, no Debo Samuel, and then the Giants are the Giants. Um, they had nothing with Saquon. You know, Saquon was only getting 17 yards per game before he went out. How do you feel about this game? Can San Francisco even field a full team? That was one of my concerns with as many injuries as they had. I have never seen a team decimated by injuries in one week like that. I I have. It was the San Francisco 49ers a few years ago when the exact same thing happened to them. I don't know if you remember that, but everybody on their team went down. They had the most injuries in the league. Yeah, they had... The amount of injuries is unreal. But, you know, here you are in a situation where luckily, you know, you get to play the Giants, who, you know, obviously we just talked about lost Saquon. Um... You know, I like San Francisco in this game. Um, yeah, they're favored by three and a half points. Yeah, Nick Mullins is going to be starting. And you know what? He's a very competent backup. You know, he's he's come in a few times and done some good things. And, you know, I, do we really believe that Daniel Jones can carry this team on his back and, you know, lead them to success without Saquon? I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot to ask of him. You know, they brought in Devontae Freeman. I don't expect him to get more than five to seven carries. You if know, that. if that, absolutely. Um, I know. think it's a Joe Judge game. I think this is where you want to find out if this is your guy. This is your opportunity. You have the defending NFC champs metaphorically on the ropes because all of their best talent is gone. Their star running back, star quarterback, star tight end is not in this game. You are 0-2, staring down the barrel of a long season. Do you want to nut up or shut up? So if Joe Judge is the guy, I think he finds a way to pull this out. However, I am going with San Francisco. Yeah, I'm definitely going with uh, San Francisco on this one. I do not see the uh, the Giants making any headway this week. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. Um, you know, from I think it's going to be a real defensive game. I, I mean, when your running back options are what Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman from the Giants, I mean, I just you know I don't see a lot there. Um, I, I see zero fantasy value from either of these teams in this situation. I mean, there's nobody that I like on both sides of the ball. I, I do like San Francisco minus three and a half. Got it. All right, let's look at our next game. So we've got the, and I'm going to say it, undefeated Chicago Bears, the Bears, taking on the Atlanta Falcons, who are on the opposite side of that, 0-2. Now, even though they're 0-2, Atlanta is favored by 3.5 points, so no respect being given to the 2-0 Chicago Bears. Atlanta's another one of these anomalies where their defense allows 6.9 yards per per offensive play, which is dead last in the league. So every time the other offense runs a play, they get seven yards. Now that's really, really bad. However, the Atlanta offense on the flip side of that is gaining more yards than anybody else. Matt Ryan has thrown the ball up. There's three top 15 wide receivers in the NFL on the Atlanta Falcons. So you've got Gage, who looks amazing. Uh, He almost had a touchdown pass last week as well. Gage has double the targets of Cooper Cup. Like, 
and he's not even wide receiver one. Now you've got Julio Jones, who is a game-time decision. He may or may not play, but even when he's on the field between him, Calvin Ridley, and Gage, the three of them are just a monster to keep up with. So I think that's where... Vegas is looking at, yeah, but they can score. Their defense is hot trash, but at least they can keep up with Mitch Trubisky, which shouldn't be a problem. The Bears, on the flip side, their defense is okay. It's middle of the road. Their passing defense is a lot better than what Atlanta has faced in the past. But overall, it's not the Bears defense yet that we're used to. I know it's still early in the season. And Mitch Trubisky has been playing well, but obviously he's no Russell Wilson. So where do you have this game falling? Yeah, Atlanta's going to smash the Bears. Look, Atlanta should be 1-1 one one right now. And you know why they're not? Because, because they didn't they jump choke. on an onside kick. Because they How choke. do you... I, 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 How do you give up 25 points in the Super Bowl? My it, mind was blown. Quarter, you like, had the ball rolling to you. I, I just, do you see their owner said that apparently they didn't know the rules? Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. For you to blow that game last week, I mean, they have to be so pissed off right now. And I, I think they take it out on the Bears. Now, Julio, um, questionable. Uh, you know, we're not sure if he's going to play. You know, but Calvin Ridley has just stepped up, and he has been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, Gage as a third wide receiver, if Julio's healthy, I mean, that is... That is three nasty, nasty, nasty wide receivers right there. Um, you know, if Todd Gurley can, you know, find some running lanes, and you know, this can be a, you know, this. See, offense. I'm fading Todd Gurley. This is his last week that he has to prove to me that he still has anything left in the tank, because I'm I'm not on the Todd Gurley hype train right now. Now, this will be the first game that you and I actually disagree on. I believe in just about everything that you just said. However. Last week I went 15 and 1. And the only game I lost was the Chicago Giants game. And it was a flip of a coin on that one. And I got, you know, mad at myself for going against Chicago. So I'm going with Mitch. And Mitch we trust and, until he loses. And, you know, that may happen this week. But I'm going to take the Bears. Yeah, I think this has to be a, a win for Atlanta. You know, I, I think at home you're starting the season off 0 2. You know, you had that bad taste in your mouth. Um, you know, you, you took the Cowboys to the end of the game there. Cowboys are a good, competent team, you know. So I, I, I don't think, I think Atlanta feels confident. See, and that's actually the reason that I'm fading Atlanta in this one because I think mentally, I think that's going to destroy them. I think that they just went 0-2 and they gave the game to Dallas. I think that's going to play mind games. But we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be interesting to see. Julio questionable. If he plays, that does make a world of a difference. We'll see how that plays out. All right, so Bengals taking on the Eagles. This is another one. Man, I'm telling you, some of these games this week I just I don't like. Uh, the battle of the 0-2s. So the Bengals, Joey B, 0-2 against the Eagles. The Eagles are actually favored by 4.5. I do like that action. Uh, from Cincinnati's perspective, I do too. I, I'd love to take the points on that one. Um, Philly O line is just terrible. I think that Miles Sanders being back will help. Uh, he had a good game last week. The Philly D also not great. Burrow has had three fumbles so far. He's got to take care of the ball. Milk's 
Mixon is on a fucking milk carton somewhere. I don't know where he is, but he hasn't showed up. So how do you see this game playing out? Like you said, I mean, it's a tough one. And this seems like... It doesn't seem like it could almost just become like a shootout, you know, with Wentz and Burrow. You know, I, I, you know, at, at first glance, you would say, oh, you know, I, I think this can be a low-scoring game. But, you know, you kind of look into it and... You know, I could just see like a Wentz Burrow shootout. Um, you know, I would really like Joe Mixon to start getting it going. If there was a game where you feel like he would get it going, it would be this one. You know, you said Miles Sanders is back. You know, so it's kind of this game is for me is all over the place. You know, I would take Cincinnati in the four and a half. Um, you know, Philadelphia at home is tough. I just I feel like this could be a Joe Burrow coming out party. Um, you know I do like Tyler Boyd in this one. Yeah. I'm, so the and and the the over under is set at forty seven and a half for the game. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's I think that's almost about spot on. Um, you know I think it's going to be real close around that. Uh, like I said, I think Tyler Boyd could have a good game in this one. Um, yeah, with uh, with Uzama out as well, look for Drew Sample to step up. Uh, if you're able to snatch him off of waiver wires in fantasy, if he's still available, definitely add him to your lineup. Nice call um, on that one. I like that. Yeah. I do like that. I think Drew Sample capable backup. Um, I think he was more of a more of a blocker in the beginning, but he caught you know can catch ball. Yeah, I do. I, I like Drew Sample on that. Um, yeah. So we're both taking Cincinnati uh, to cover in in that game. Yeah, what a it just seems like a boring snooze fest of a game. I mean, I, I just. But those are the ones that always end up being, like you said, some forty-eight to for 46, sure, and that's where it could know, end so. up becoming a shootout. Yes, I agree with that one hundred percent. But yeah, I have I have the Bengals straight up uh, as well as to cover the points. This next game is my easiest pick by far of the week. So the Washington football team is taking on Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored by seven points. I'm taking that action all day. Do you agree? I just, I'm still having trouble processing Washington football team. I mean, it's, it's still so crazy to, to think Same that. Same thing with the Vegas Raiders. I, I, I keep catching myself saying Oakland. Okay, so you like... Cleveland in this game? No. Or Washington? I like I like Washington at the very least to cover the seven points. Okay. Um, I actually think Washington will win this game. I would take the money line on that as well. I think that the front seven in Washington is going to eat Baker alive. Nasty. Nasty front seven from Washington. I mean, Washington. again, they have like 42 first-round picks. On that front line, so yeah. When we when we're doing the draft and 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 Washington was going through, I'm just I couldn't remember saying to myself that Washington front is just going to be absolutely. I mean, they they are nasty. Um, I do agree with you. I, I do like Washington to win this game straight up. Um, I think Antonio Gibson's going to have a good game. Um, you know, I do like what Washington's doing. You know, that like we said, that defense has been great. I think they're going to chase Baker Mayfield all over. You know, every year we talk about Cleveland and, you know, we say, oh, you know, this is the year, this is the year. 
I I do not think Baker Mayfield is the answer in Cleveland. I really don't. I don't think he's going to get it done. Yeah, and I think that I think Vegas is high on on last week's win, where we saw Chubb and Hunt just run all over the place. It was a, it was a very great game from Cleveland's perspective, and Baker had a good game as well. But I think that they are walking into a minefield, and unless they can find ways to keep Hunt and Chubb on the field at the same time, both rolling out in screen packages to try to disperse that rush that's going to be coming after Baker all day, um, they're going to have their hands full, and it's going to be a long game. Yeah, I, I definitely like Washington in this one. Um, you know, Haskins is starting to grow as a quarterback. Um, I, I like I like what he's doing. I like the progression. You know, when you have a solid defense and you don't have to score 40 points a game, you know, it allows you to, to kind of pound the rock. Um, I like McLaurin in this game. He's quietly become a solid, solid receiver. Um, I do like Washington in this game straight up, even without the seven. Nice. All right. So next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders as we just previously mentioned, taking on the New England Patriots. Now, New England is favored by five and a half points. I do like New England to win, but I'm taking the points personally on that one. Um, I agree. I think it's going to be a close game. I do think New England does win this game. Um, you know, Las Vegas getting off to a 2-0 start. That's fantastic. Um, Josh Jacobs has been, has been good. Um, but I, I, I think uh, I think New England with Cam Newton running the ball the way he has, I think they find a I think they find a way to win this. Yeah, and I think Cam has proven he can beat you both ways. I mean, week one it was all about his legs. Week two, I know they lost in a close one against Seattle, but he was chucking the ball all over the place and showed that he can keep up and he's still that guy. Now, from a defensive perspective, I know that New England is not the same defense that they had a year ago. However, the New England defense right now has the second highest turnover percentage that they're forcing on opposing offenses. So they're still taking the ball away. Um, I think that will be very key to the game against the Raiders. From a fantasy perspective, I'm staying away from any and all running backs, anybody in the backfield from New England. I just don't like how they're using everybody, and it's like you mentioned earlier, that that is a typical New England thing, and as long as you get the W, Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit about your fantasy team, nor, yeah, sh- nor should he. You're not touching Sonny Michelle, you're not touching Rex, Rex Burkhead. As from a running back perspective, the only one you could take in this game is obviously Josh Jacobs from the Raiders. Um, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't touch anybody else. And then, and then obviously Waller, you know, should be a, a start. And uh, you're not going to find him on waivers, but he sh- he should be a start for sure. So that's the only real shot that Vegas has is they need to ride Josh Jacobs and Waller all the way through all night long. Um, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll take the points on this one, but I do uh, predict New England to win. I agree. So then you have two undefeateds going up against each other. You've got the L.A. Rams at 2-0, taking on the Buffalo Bills at 2-0. Now, Buffalo's favored by one and a half points. Josh Allen obviously has been balling out. Normally, going back to last year, even though Buffalo was a playoff team, 
We know there's been issues with Josh Allen's consistency, especially with his medium to deep range ball. However, he has just been balling from both a on-the-field perspective and as far as a fantasy perspective as well. Um, the Bills, I think I would really... I, I know the whole, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But to see them sustain long-term success, they need to get the running game going outside of just Josh Allen scrambling. The Bills are currently 23rd ranked in rushing. Um, so I think that they're going to have to try to get the ground game going early. But I do have them beating the L.A. Rams. You know, the whole knock on Josh Allen was, like you said, consistency. Um, you know, being able to be around a 70% completion range is just, you know, phenomenal for him. He's been playing great. Um, you know, the whole thing with Josh Allen was, you know, obviously he can get you the points from a fantasy perspective, you know, with his legs, but I mean, just the way he's been throwing the ball, um, you know, over 400 yards last week, four touchdowns. I mean, Josh Allen has just been phenomenal. I think the Bills have have their franchise quarterback. I think he's going to be good for, you know, for a long time. You know, when they get when they got you know Diggs, it was a uh, you know was that the right move? It has been. Stephon Diggs. Has yeah, been, the two of them are deadly right now. He has been great for Buffalo, and this is a Josh Allen proving game. You know, it really is. Um, you know that Rams defense. You know, with Donald and and Ramsey. You know, it's it. This is. I love watching Aaron Donald. I mean, he's phenomenal. He, he is a man amongst boys, and he just throws multiple offensive tackles to the side. Uh, you know the the minus one and a half for Buffalo. You know for for Vegas, this is really kind of like a flip of the coin game for them. You know anything under three with a yeah, team at home. You know, um, you know this is a tough one. Um, but I, I I honestly I think the Rams pull it out. Um, you know I think golf has a big game. You know, there's just so many weapons, you know. And the Rams are third in rushing in the league right now. So. I think Henderson's going to have a good game with Akers hurt and, uh, you know, Brown with the finger. You know, I, I do like Henderson in this game. Um, yeah, I, I like the Rams to beat Buffalo straight up, but I, I do think Josh Allen does end up with, you know, a nice game. And, you know, fantasy-wise, he's been killing it. He's my starting quarterback. I love that. I think he's been playing great. Um yeah, you know, I, I I do think there's going to be points across the board from a fantasy perspective, but I do think the Rams pull this one out. Yeah, and just to add to that, so, um, you know, Cooper Cup, if the Rams are going to have a chance, Cooper Cup needs to bring his lunch pail on Sunday because what has happened so far with the usage of Cooper Cup is not going to cut it. And for all the money that they paid him, which was warranted, and I love him, they need to force the ball to Cooper Cup. Uh, like you said, Daryl Henderson this week, I think, will have the majority of the touches with uh, Brown being banged up and Akers being out. But that whole backfield is another one that, from a fantasy perspective, scares me because they seem to rotate those three kind of interchangeably. Um, For but- sure. And what you said about Cooper Cup, does that not apply directly to Robert Woods also? Um, you know, same situation. Well, Robert Woods isn't on my fantasy team, so oh, I don't okay. care what he does. Okay. You know, but, but yes, for all but our no, you're right. For you're all right. our listeners out there who you know who aren't just rooting for Waldo's football team, but, fantasy team. But what was his stat line week one where Robert Woods went off? 
He did. And so then, Cooper know. Cup has has yet to even emerge that he's on the team. He's he's one game away from getting the Joe Mixon treatment, and we're <laughs> going to be having a you know unsolved mysteries guy step out and say you know in 2020 Cooper Cup was last seen in Week One, and True. that was it. You know, it's interesting to bring up Robert Woods. I just uh, got him on my fantasy team. I traded Kareem Hunt for him. You know, so it's interesting to see. Uh, you know, yeah, how, we'll see how that plays out. See how that plays out for me. Um, you know, my whole think it was. You know, Robert Woods. You know, number one wide receiver. You know, I figured he could be top ten. I was deep at running back. You know, so I traded. Uh, so now we're more concerned with your fantasy team. Well, I mean, if I we're going to be talking about yeah. each other's, you know, for sure. Okay. You know, but it's uh, at least it applies to this game here with Robert Woods. I, you know, but. You know, the argument that you made with Cup, I, I think it could be applied uh, directly to Woods there. Um, you know, so we are looking for, you know, big games. Um, I do believe Tredavious will be covering Robert Woods on the on the outside there. I don't... If Woods goes into the slot... So I then think, good, Cup should have a big game. For sure, absolutely. You know, and Robert Woods, I believe 20% of his snaps are, are in the slot. Um, you know, so they do move those guys around quite a bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who he's going to shadow and, you know, or you know, take one side of the field like he normally does. All right, well, we'll see how it plays out. So I have Buffalo, you have the Rams. We'll see how that one goes. Now here again we have two teams on the opposite end of the spectrum. We have the Texans who are 0-2, which I will say, again, we mentioned on the show, they must have pissed somebody off in the NFL scheduling office because Brutal to start. start the season against the Chiefs and the Ravens, that's just, that's just really, really difficult. Um, but they're going to be taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers who are 2-0. So the Steelers currently have the number one run defense in the league and... On their own side of the ball, they have James Conner, who said that, listen, everybody who picked up Benny Snell, you, you need to calm your ass down because this is my job and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, Benny I'm Snell. I'm not fucking leaving. Benny Snell. I'm not leaving. Three carries, five yards. That hurts. He was, I believe, the number one waiver wire pickup. You know, that's what drives me nuts sometimes with these waiver wire pickups. You know, it's, it's so easy to, you know, get excited about a guy early in the season um, you know, Benny Snell is one of those guys. I mean, I think he had, what, 118 yards and then comes back with uh, three carries for five yards. And now, just... see, I'm a big believer in Benny Snell, but a smart person picked up Benny Smell. Benny, Benny Snell. Yes, Benny, ben, Benny did smell on the, on the last week, but a smart person picked him up. A smarter person left him on the bench. Like, a lot of times you pick someone up because you see the value and you want to see if the consistency is there. But if you wait too long, obviously someone else is going to snatch them. So and with Connor's injury history, obviously he could be a play down the road. I agree with you 100%. On this Houston-Pittsburgh game, you know, we are homers. We are Dolphins fans. We are rooting for Houston to lose every game this year. You know, obviously the Dolphins had the Texans' uh, first-round pick next year. Right now, I believe it's at sixth. Yeah, um, currently at six. You know, so a top ten overall pick. I mean, that's just great. You know, but you know, Houston, like we said, had a brutal, brutal start. Um, you know, I don't know if the David Johnson experiment is working. Um, I know the Hopkins and Arizona experiment is working, but uh, you know, Houston made that trade. They got David Johnson. Didn't you just try to trade me, David Johnson, and sell me on how excellent he was? I mean, that's besides the point. I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. But trying to sell you someone in fantasy and trying mm-hmm. to be uh, honest to our viewers are two completely different things. Um, 
you know, Houston, it's... Houston's run defense, by the way, is the second worst in the league as far as yards per attempt. So they're not stopping anybody, whether it's uh, John, James Conner or Benny Snim- Smells, Snells. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. They, they're not going to be stopping anybody. Um, I have Pittsburgh flattening the Houston Texans. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Pittsburgh's going to win this game big. Um, you know, I, I really like Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they have a couple of good wide receivers. That young receiver Johnson is playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, from Houston, fantasy perspective, to break this down. In our league, I, I just picked up Deshaun Watson on waivers. I mean, that just kind of goes to show how high the mighty have fallen. Um, you know, for him to be on waivers. Now, is that because of the first two weeks? And it also goes to show, to add to that, how quick people are to give up on, on people. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that it was a, it was necessarily a season-ending thing for somebody to drop that person, but it might be a season-ending thing that you drop that person. It's, it's week three, and it hasn't even started yet. I was one who gave up on Derrick Henry early last year. Now, I didn't obviously give him up outright. I didn't cut him to waivers, yeah, but I traded him for, for sure. Zeke Elliott and then for moved sure. some other pieces around and actually ended up with Henry again towards the end of the season. But I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of times we look at the... Two weeks of a season, which is nothing, for sure. And we start making decisions on what we want to yeah. roster. And they played, like. you know, Houston played two tough games. You know, very I, tough games. I, I think this Pittsburgh game is a big game for them. Um, you know, I do eventually see them losing, but I can kind of see them getting out to an zero and three start, and it just, you know, kind of, you know, putting the whole season down the drain. I think Bill O'Brien gets fired. Yada yada yada. Houston fans should be so lucky. For sure. From a Houston fantasy perspective, like, it's maddening. Um, You know, you've gotten nothing from Watson. David Johnson has done nothing. You know, Will Fuller has a great week one, and then week two, I I don't know what that was. I mean, it was was bad. Um, I mean, it was the Baltimore defense. Yeah. A a lot of what it is. And that's the thing. I don't expect Watson to have a superior game in this week either because, again, he's going up against Pittsburgh. But, yeah, if you can pick him up, if if somebody dropped him on on waivers, I would stash him for sure. Yeah, like you said, that that Pittsburgh defense is nasty. Um, I mean, just, you know, they were the number— It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, they were the number one fantasy and defense—or number one— fantasy defense right now and they are just they are playing lights out um they love the blitz that's why that's why it's blitzburg they do so yeah so so we both got pittsburgh to handle the the houston texans that one yeah they cover the four yeah Uh, that's i was surprised it was only a four so i'm i'm taking that action all day and next up we have the tennessee titans and the minnesota vikings again flip-flopped on the results so Tennessee is 2-0 and they're favored by three points the Vikings are 0-2 and, and fading hard uh, Kirk Cousins man what a hero to zero so far Minnesota Again. has fallen off unbelievably this year Kirk Cousins has been just absolutely awful and the defense has been hot trash as well so they're not doing any favors to him um, I like Tennessee in this game. Yeah. I think they cover the three, no problem. Ryan Tannehill, 
as hard it is to say as playing great. We say that obviously. I don't know why it's so hard, man. It kind of just it, it hurts your heart. Don't, don't you understand that Sam Darnold is the next Ryan Tannehill? Adam Gase is the career killer. <laughs> like he took. You know, even Greenberg talked about it. He took Le'Veon Bell, who was the best offensive player in history, and turned him into garbage. He went to Ryan Tannehill and couldn't do anything out of him. And then Tannehill has won what? He's gone eleven and three since taking over for the for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, like the, and the he's the high, highest rated passer in the league last year, and he's still balling out. And Derrick Henry is not getting 150, 200 yards a game. They're asking Tannehill to throw the ball 40 times, and they're still winning the games. So I do believe A.J. Brown is out this game. Yes. You know, so you know, looking, looking for some Corey Davis on this one. And I think this actually will be a Henry breakout game. You look at it, and the amount of touches he's getting has been there. They're still making sure they feed the rock to him. But just like last year where I said... I gave up on him a little bit early because he wasn't getting into the end zone. He wasn't getting the long runs, and then he's just that. Machine yeah, I agree with that. The, the, the longer he gets going, the I more. think I think Henry has a good game. I think Henry having a good game will lead to play action. Will lead to Tannehill to Johnny Smith. I think Johnny Smith is. Yeah, John is John is a great play. He's having. If you have John, yeah, you can grab him in fantasy. Yeah, he's he's available in some leagues now. You know, our league is a two tight end league. Um, you know, so you, you will hear us talk about tight ends a little bit more. It's more prominent. Um, you know, but in, even in a even in a single tight end league, I think Johnny Smith has a lot of value. I think he, he can be a good start. As far as Minnesota, um, you know, besides Dalvin Cook, there's just uh, you know there's there's not a lot there. Um, yeah, I yeah, think, which is surprising, right? Like Dalvin Cook. The Minnesota Vikings. You know, we talked about the Bills earlier. And, uh, you know, Minnesota, you know, traded away Stephon Diggs and, and losing that. Yeah, that, that short in the field. For sure, it really did. And I think that hurt Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, overall. And But Adam Thielen is no slouch. He is no slouch. Uh, you know, I had him I had him last year, and he killed me down the end because of injuries. And, you know, it's just interesting to see how he's going to uh, – you know how he's going to play out the rest of the season, you know. But having Diggs on the other side of the field, um, you know, I, I think that allowed the Minnesota offense to flourish. And and without him, you know, they're they're having a tough time. Yeah. So we both have Tennessee to handle Minnesota. Um, I would take them with the points. I would take them as a money line. Either way, Titans to win. Absolutely. Now, one thing I would like to actually touch on. You might have heard Jay mention that we are in a two tight end league and say, what? Why do you have a two tight end league? First of all, Robert, why do you have a three quarterback league and (laughs) seven super flex players? So mind your business. But I'd like to touch briefly on some things that I think if there's commissioners out there that are listening to a league, uh, Jay can speak to this as well. We have one of the best fantasy leagues that I have ever been a part of. Um, and a lot of that goes into some of the extracurricular things that we do outside uh, just the games. But I think a lot of it is due to league settings. And I think that what had happened was when PPR started becoming a bigger thing, a lot of people liked it because it was different. And they were like, oh, this changes up my strategy. Now I have to think about running backs and receivers who are going to get a point per reception. And 
that's easy if you have a wide receiver or somebody who's going to touch the ball four times well that's four points unlike when somebody got 40 yards before to get those four points and nothing for a catch so i think once that started to happen people started to look for well how can we get more points how can we make things more exciting so you started seeing a lot of these bonus leagues where people said okay if you get so many yards or so many catches it's a five point a ten point bonus and then they started doing crazy things where it's a two quarterback league which first of all if you're in a two quarterback league the rest of your roster doesn't fucking matter if you have two solid quarterbacks they're going to outscore the entire roster now i love creativity and i love that people were trying to push the envelope and figure out how to do some different things and and add some fun but what you're doing is you're destroying the competitive nature of your league now we've talked about before with our league last year the difference between first place and like sixth place was two points per game at the end of the season that's for a number of reasons number one we don't do PPR and I'm not against PPR leagues if you want to do it that's fine it's a different mindset it's a different type of league but we don't do PPR which lowers the scoring in addition we don't have any super flex we don't have any crazy two quarterback and we don't have any insane bonuses what that does is that keeps the scoring really, really low. So that means instead of having a game where I see these screenshots I won 211 to 146, and it's like, what the hell? So the game wasn't even competitive. You're not sitting there Monday night like watching or the late Sunday night games because the game's already won when one or two players hits their super bonus. Um, So just a piece of advice for those who are commissioners of leagues, We've had the same league. We're going into our seventh year now as a league together with the same group of people. And in the past six years, we've had six different champions. Every single year, a different person wins because the league is so competitive. So we keep the scoring low. As a commissioner, if you're hearing this, I'm telling you, it's the best thing for your league because you have guys that want to come back year after year. And like James won last year in our league, the year before, he was out on the corner, you know, in in, in some wearing gear, wearing a dress because he he ended up in in last place. You know, like you said with PPR, you know, say you have a guy with 11 catches for 47 yards. Okay, just take for example, and you have a bonus of five points if you have over 10 catches. That means a guy who caught 11 passes for 47 yards scored 20 fantasy points. For 47 yeah. yards. That is... It just gets it gets out of hand. And I get it that you have this mindset that, oh, but if there's more points, it's more fun. It's not because the games aren't as competitive and the league and the season doesn't stay as competitive. And then everybody doesn't enjoy it. We have a waiting list of people who are trying to get into our league and it just... Unless somebody dies or something tragic happens, nobody's going to leave our league. That almost happened. Well... And, and ho- hopefully, you know, <laughs> Knock it, on wood. it doesn't. So like we said, you know, we're, we are in a two tight end league. And that creates so much fun for the tight end position. Yeah, um, because normally if you don't have Kelsey or you don't have Kittle, then the fall off is just the tight sure. end position doesn't matter. It so doesn't, nobody cares and about And for our ends. league, you know, it does matter. You know, with, when you have two starters, uh, the tight end position becomes more valued. 
Um, you know, you'll hear us talking about, you know, guys way down the tight end draft. You know, if you're in a 10-team league, you know, you might touch, you know, arguably what, say 20 tight ends, right? So you would have, you know, your starter and then your backup. You know, we go a lot deeper than that. You know, we're in eight-team leagues. You know, so we have 16 starters um, on tight ends. You know, and then you start getting into, you know, you want to carry a backup just in case. You know, so we get down, you know, down into those lower tight ends. It, it creates so much competition. And yeah. like, like you said, when you have a two-quarterback league, you take away the value yeah, of, of everybody else. Like, it just... Yeah, it doesn't matter. And so, sure. so we went the other way on that, you know, because the average tight end is scoring three to four points a game. Mm-hmm. But if you have two of them, okay, well, now that's equal to... Uh, a running back sure. three or a wide receiver sure. three, and now you have to think about that more. So it adds a little bit more. And because our games are so close and the points are so that much lower, make a big that makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And as Jay alluded to, we are in an eight-team league, and we refuse to expand it because 10-team leagues are one thing, 12-team leagues are even worse. But when you keep it really small, everybody has a stacked team. For sure. So everybody you're playing with has RB1s, wide receiver ones. They have good tight ends, good quarterbacks. It's it's a much more competitive league. And, you know, I'll climb down off my soapbox, but if you are a commissioner or you're in a league where the commissioner's kind of gotten stale and isn't doing some things, talk to them about this concept because I'm telling you, it will just completely revamp your fantasy experience and how you enjoy uh, your fantasy games. On yeah, in our fantasy league, you know, Waldo's our commissioner. And, you know, having a good commissioner it means everything to the league. You know, our, our parties are always well planned out. Um, you know, like Waldo had mentioned before, we had Chandler Cox from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he sent us a little video to start off our uh, fantasy draft. You know, little things like that, you know, can go a long way and can create a good experience. Um, you know, obviously lots of different options. I, I just couldn't imagine, like, a 16-team league. Like, Yeah, I mean, you, you're going really deep at that point. I, I've been in those leagues. But what happens is the talent is spread so thin that you're really relying on your one or two decent players and if on you don't have a team. Yeah, if you don't have a big game from that one player, I mean, you're, you're pretty much shot. So, so. All right, but let's get back into our week three predictions. So speaking of Adam Gase, next game we're going to talk about is the New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Vegas has Indianapolis favored by 11.5. I think they Vegas cover that. Vegas knows what's up. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think Indianapolis, I think they're going to smash the Jets. I think they cover the 11.5. Um yeah, I mean, even if the Colts didn't have the number one passing defense and the number five rushing defense, it would already be a slam dunk because you're playing the New York Jets. The 11.5 points actually kind of messes with me because I think they're going to smash the Jets, like you said, but it could be one of those games where in the fourth quarter, there's some garbage time touchdown to bring it within eight, even though it was never a close game. For sure. And those so are I always... don't, personally, I don't like the points. I would take Indianapolis, obviously, in a pick um, But I, I'm, I'm straying away from the points, even though it, it, it should be easily in hand. But Yeah, this, this is going to be a, um, a Jonathan Taylor game. I think he's going to run all over the Jets. Um, I would like to see Naheem Himes get more involved. And as 
our listeners who do have PPR leagues would definitely like to see him get more involved. For sure, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously when Marlon Mack went down, you know, it created a, uh, you know, an open situation in Indianapolis as far as the running backs go. Um, that hurt know, me deeply. He he's he's on was on my fantasy team. And yeah, that, um, that I hope I'm saying the name right. Uh, Indianapolis tight end was it Mo Ali Cox? Yeah, you know he's another. You know, like we spoke about before. Um, you know, tight ends. You know, he's been a he's been a solid play. But um, use him and lose him because he's he's only only there right now while your boy is out on, on injury. But he's he's coming back soon for sure. So Indianapolis defense, uh, like you just spoke about. I mean, they're the second or third ranked defense this week as far as fantasy. Um, you know, so if you were smart, you obviously picked up the Colts defense and and uh, had them starting on your roster. I did that, so obviously smart. Um, and then the Jets, they uh, they're just awful. Yeah, you know, Sam I mean, Darnold is it's... Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield both have uh, you know, like we spoke about, you know, they're this is make it or break it years for them, which um, I think isn't fair. I think that's fair for Baker, but I don't think because I, of the talent around him. It, Under- not not only the t- lack of talent, but because of Adam Gase. For sure, I think you have to take Adam Gase out of that vacuum. To see what you have with Sam Darnold, which is hard for whoever the next coach of the Jets is going to be. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Jets, you know, tight end Chris Herndon hasn't really done much. Um, that was your guy last year. Yeah, that was my boy. Every, right. every week. You were every like, this week. is the week. This, this is, is the week he's going to go off. Yeah. No, no, I said week four. I said week six. Yeah, week, week 13. Yeah, it just, uh, it, it never, it Adam never Gase caught on. Adam is the crusher of dreams. Yes, he is. The, I mean, the Jets just have nothing to offer in this game. Um uh, yeah. yeah, it's not Yeah, good. there's not even much to say, so... Yeah, we'll move on. We both that. have the Colts. Jay, you're taking the points? Yeah, I think the Colts cover. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm not touching the points, but I will take them in a, in a pick So, we have the Carolina Panthers at 0-2, taking on the Chargers. Herbert's going to get the start again after Dr. Kevorkian stabbed <laughs> Tyrod Taylor in the chest. What a crazy uh, story, right? I mean, how does that... He punctured his lung. I mean, it's yeah. just... You know, it, it's amazing. So we got a... You know, the Chargers are favored by a six and a half. Obviously, um, you know, Carolina lost McCaffrey. Um, he's going to yeah, be out. that's going to hurt. Yeah, he's going to be out a few weeks. So Mike Davis is getting to start for Carolina. You know, a lot of people like him. I just, you know. Because I, I really thought that Ted, Teddy hasn't been playing that bad. And I was going to f- lean towards Carolina before the McCaffrey issues. But now, obviously, I got to go with the Chargers and Vegas agrees. With the six and a half points, this is another one where I don't like the points on this game. I, and that I agree with you on. I think it's good. I think the Chargers maybe win by three or four. Um, but I, you know, I, I yeah. So I'm not laying the points, but I will take Chargers. Yeah, it's tough to see them covering that six and a half. Um, Are we going to see a big game out of Keenan Allen? This almost feels like an Austin Eckler game to me. You know, I. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you do see some Keenan Allen, and I do like Eckler in this one. I think, uh, you know, I, yeah, I do. And I if like you both. have Eckler and Josh Kelly is still available in your leagues, which he shouldn't be because if he is, you're playing with morons. But 
Pick up Josh Kelly. Stash him. 22 carries last week? Yeah, he actually outpaced Eckler last week. I mean, that is... So that's that's concerning if you are an Eckler owner. The fact that that happened. We got a guy in our league. Has uh, Austin Eckler. I believe he picked him 11th overall. And last week he had Eckler on his bench. And uh, made the smart play. You know, we talked about it. You know, he had three running backs that outscored Eckler. And it just blew my mind to have a situation. It it blew my mind to have a situation But to be fair... He bent. He benched Eckler, but let's talk about who he left in. Yeah, he had Carson McCaffrey and um, the other ones eluded me, but it was you know they all scored. Yeah, so again, that goes back to our conversation about having an eight-team league for where sure. Everybody's stacked. Yeah, so you know he had Austin Eckler on the bench, made the great call, and you know yeah, Kelly is a is a viable fantasy guy, you know, and it it's got to be frustrating, you know, because last year you had Eckler and Gordon. You know, and now you have Eckler, and now you have this Kelly situation. Like, you almost just want Eckler just to have the to backfield to himself. And, you know, it's another year where that's not the situation. Um, I do like the Chargers to win this game. I do not like them to cover the 6.5. Yeah, I'm not laying the 6.5, but I will take the Chargers. Next up, you got TB12 taking on the Denver Broncos and Mr. Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Back again. Yep. Highest sacked percentage uh, on dropbacks quarterback, even though he hasn't even played a full game yet. Yeah, that's... He, he was that's, sacked six times in the five minutes he played last week. That's an amazing stat. So you have uh, Vegas as uh, Tampa favored by six. Yep. I like Tampa in this game. I do like them to cover. I, I think Denver... Yeah, I'm laying the points and taking Tampa. Yeah, uh, this Denver offense with Jeff Driscoll. I think uh, Melvin Gordon's going to get a lot of work. I think they're going to try to develop the play action and maybe get some balls to Fant. Um, you know who I'd like to see get some balls? Gronkowski. He's, he's hanging out with the milk carton bunch. Like, what is he even doing there? It was all that hullabaloo of how one of the greatest tight ends ever. You had people taking him in the seventh round. I mean, he had zero to offer last week. Zero. And, you know, it's created a situation for O.J. Howard where he's also garbage, too. I mean, that Tampa tight end situation, you know, years back it was Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard. You know, you had a little bit to work with there. Yeah, Gronkowski has just has fallen flat. I, I think... This offense has nowhere near reached its potential. Agree. When you have Mike Agree. Evans and Godwin healthy, um, when you have Fournette running the ball the way he is. And Scotty and Miller, you know, for TV sure, 12 absolutely. Likes his white and that's a third wide receiver. This this team is still growing, growing, growing. They're only going to get better and better and better. I think they have an easy time with Denver. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. I want to see them form an identity, though. You know, it was nice to see Leonard Fournette. You know, get back in the swing of I'll things. I'll tell you what, you know, he. we laughed at one of the guys in our league for taking Fournette, and we're not laughing anymore. You know, he really, really played great last week. You know, it was a situation where you didn't know who was going to be the Wait primary ball carrier. That guy didn't take him. We took him for him. That was the handcuff. Remember, he left. That was his for autographed sure, for, handcuff. For Ronald Jones. But uh, he did say he wanted every Tampa running back. He got every Tampa running back, you know, so... I, I thought it was going to be more of a timeshare situation. Ronald Jones was the starter week one, if I remember correctly, and Fournette was the backup. That has since changed. Fournette, I think, can smell the opportunity of possibly you know playing for a, a decent team. 
He had that one great year when the Jags made it to the AFC Championship game, but I, I think Tampa's well-rounded. Um, yeah, I think I think, and going back to the Gronk thing, I feel like if you get Fournette going and then you get Gronk involved, I think just because of who Gronk is and his personality and how he kind of goes the the way he goes the team goes i think that that will be huge for getting their offense to feel like things are turning on all cylinders and when when you make defenders scared of gronkowski like they used to be i think then you have a problem like think about all those weapons you just mentioned that they have on the offensive side of the ball and now you've got Fournette, who's actually looks like he's going to get back to where he needs to be and now you've got gronk out there like, you don't know if he's blocking for Fournette. You don't know if he's slipping out to catch something and then maul three people on the way to the end zone. Yeah, like, I don't think Gronkowski has to be the Gronkowski of old. I think he just has to be in a situation where, you know... He, you have to be scared of him. He gets going just a little bit. Yeah. And if he can show just a little something, I think it will open up that Tampa offense even more. You know, Amen. like we spoke about, when you have Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin on the outside, you know, that... That has a, a chance to be potent. On the Denver side, um, you know, Sutton being hurt has been been bad. I, I believe K.J. Hamler is out. Um, I'm waiting to see if this actually benefits Jerry Judy the way that it should um, because... Their only option right now is Noah Fant. You know, he's been playing really well. You would expect Melvin Gordon to get a lot of work. But, yeah, this it would have to become, you know, the Jerry Judy show soon. Now, here's my next question for you. Does Driscoll survive the next couple games, or is Blake Bortles taking over? I definitely think Blake Bortles will be taking over. I do not see Jeff Driscoll leading this offense to anything. Um, I think the Bortles pickup was a Hail Mary you know, for Denver. It's a situation where I do see Bortles coming in. Now Miami once got Jay Cutler. so For sure, but I, just, I don't see... Shooter's going to shoot. You know, I think Denver is going to be in for a long, long year. All right. So, how how long do you think Driscoll has? I give him three weeks. Well, won't Locke be back? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it all depends, obviously, on on that injury and and see how it goes. I if I, I think what we're getting to here is it's a shit show in Denver for sure. Yeah, we don't know who's going to be throwing the ball. We don't know who's going to be catching the ball. Um, it's it's not looking good. So. Yeah, and with the lock injury, you know, obviously you just, you know, until you until he's back, you know, he's not back. But I do not see uh, Jeff Driscoll doing absolutely anything except getting sacked and laying on his back. All right, so Tommy B and the boys over Denver, and we're laying the points as well. Mm-hmm. Six. All right, our next game on our slate is a good one, actually. We have the Dallas Cowboys at the Seattle Seahawks. Um you know, we talked about Dallas earlier. Um, you they know, gave they, me a heart attack last week. Yeah, they were able to squeak one out of Atlanta because um, apparently you're supposed to jump on the ball on an onside kick. Uh, Dallas was able to figure that out. Um, they're playing Seattle. Uh, Vegas has Seattle favored by five. I like Seattle in this game. I think Seattle covers to five in this game. Um, I think Chris Carson has a big game against Dallas. Um, Russell Wilson has just been playing phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I, this is going to be a good game. You know, I, I, I think Dallas is, you know, Dallas has a lot of life. Um, you know, Prescott's playing well. Um, you know, I, See, I, do- I, th- I think this is going to be one where 
I agree with you. I think Seattle takes it. I think this sh- shouldn't, quote, be a problem. But I don't like the points. You're I'm not, thinking a close game? I'm not laying the points. I think Dallas is going to do what Dallas does. They're going to make it really competitive. And then they're going to break all their fans' hearts. Um, again, I, I don't make predictions as far as wins and losses for the season. I made predictions on one team. I said Dallas is going to win 12 games this year. And I don't know how I feel about that right now. But I think Dallas is going to play very competitive. Here's, here's Dallas's opportunity, right? So we talked about how winning covers all sins. Seattle has the worst defense in the league. They have the worst defense in the league. They're giving up more yards than any other team. But Russell Wilson is the number one passer, and he has an 82.5 completion percentage. Do you know how stupid that is? Like 70% is good. 82.5% of your passes are being completed You've got a 9-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Like, Russell Danger Wilson is just covering all the sins for the team that used to be known for their defense. So this is where Dallas has to attack from the get. They have to be all guns blazing when they start that game. Out of everything that you just said, do you know the one thing that I just can't believe? Hmm. That Seattle has the worst, worst ranked defense, defense in the league. It is unreal. Um, the Legion of Oops. Yeah, I mean, when Irvin went down, you know, that hurt him. You know, they have had some injuries. Um, but that Seattle offense is just, I mean, Carson is unbelievable. DK Metcalf in his second year is Grown just, man. Is, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, Seattle has two quality tight ends. I. I that Seattle offense is phenomenal. If the defense can just step up even a little bit more, I think it's going to be a situation where you could see Seattle playing at the end of the year. Um, you know, Dallas, that the fight that they showed in that Falcons game, obviously with the onside kickoff situation, you know, there was, I don't know if you would call it luck or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Um, you know, Dallas showed enough grit to come back and, and win that game. I think I think Dak is going to need to score fifty. Yeah, I think Dak's going to need to go crazy in this game. Um, all the for every million dollars a year that he wants, that's a point that he's going to have to score. You want yeah. forty-five million dollars a year, fifty million a year? You got to score forty-five, fifty points. Yeah, I think Dallas Dallas does have a potent offense. Uh, you know, starting with the tight end Schultz, another great pickup. Oh man, if you, if you were able to snatch him yeah. on on fantasy. He is being targeted more than most wide receivers on every NFL team right now. Yeah. So if, just on his targets alone, they are going to continue to feed him the ball. I think Dallas lucked out really well when Jarwin went down. Um, but Dal- yeah. Dallas throws a lot. You know, there's a lot of balls that go around. That's why you're even seeing CD Lamb get into the offense. CD Lamb, bitch. Um, you know. So, but I, like I said, I do like Seattle. I personally like Seattle to cover. Waldo has Seattle winning, but not covering the five. Yeah, I th- and it's and it's close. I mean, it's five. I could see it either way. It just you know, I got I got to stick to the things I, I feel more comfortable with, and I think Dallas is is going to lose a heartbreaker in this one, but we'll, we'll we'll see. Now, do you at all? Are you factoring in Seattle not having a full capacity stadium? 
or is that not playing that into- did, that that doesn't that doesn't phase me because that only helps the defense and their defense is hot trash right now so it's not like there's there's a fall off there now as far as whether the defense feeds off of that and if they had people in the stadium that they would be playing better maybe but they're not for sure obviously seattle's one of the few teams where you know you talk about stadium atmosphere and how that impacts the game obviously 12th man for sure in seattle like that's that's a legit real thing um but it can't make you the worst defense in the league agreed Agreed. all right moving on now let's take a look at the 0-2 detroit lions against the 2-0 first place arizona cardinals Arizona's favored by five and a half points. Um, how do you see this playing out? I think five and a half is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you could put ten on this, and I would still take <laughs> Arizona. I think oh. Arizona smashes Detroit into the ground. Um, Kyler Murray has been playing great. DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson is turning out to be the trade of the oh yeah century. well yeah I mean every, everybody as soon as that trade was made everybody was like you wow know, yeah. Why they pay Klingsbury all that money to sit in that GQ spread and you know look like he's he's all Hollywood because he he makes them damn deals with uh, Bill O'Brien you know that that is true. We'll for get our, Bill O'Brien eventually fired. For all all of our listeners out there, that tongue twister took about six takes. Waldo finally got it down on. Yeah, the I, I I couldn't say it. Cl- Cliff Klingsbury, Cliff Cliff Cliff. Just the name alone is is a tough one. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. Too. Um. So yeah, Thanks I have selling me out. No problem. I have uh, I have Arizona in this one. I think Kyler Murray has a big game. I think. Yeah, I think that you know Hopkins is averaging eleven catches per game, which is first in the NFL. They're going to continue to feed him. Um, Detroit's defense is allowing six and a half yards per attempt uh, rushing the ball, which is dead last in the league, which doesn't help that you have Kyler Murray uh, and Kenyon Drake coming in. Yeah, I, I think this could be a good game for Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, speaking of Kenyon Drake, you know, he did call out his uh, fantasy or his uh, fantasy followers on. Uh, on Twitter, you know, he did say to, uh, you know, if you're not happy with me, basically go ahead and drop me. Um, you know, I think you're right. Kenyon Drake does step it up in this game. I, I do I do think... Uh, yeah. yeah, I would not drop him because he's getting the touches. And volume is one of the most important things for a back in fantasy because if you're not touching the ball, then you're depending on a couple of goal line plunges, and that's just a really high... High-risk situations. So. Yeah, I think uh, you know DeAndre Hopkins is obviously going to get his um, tight end-wise. You know Dan Arnold, I believe, is uh, you know is playing pretty well. Um, you know you still got Larry Fitzgerald out there. One thing I want to talk about with Arizona is um, you know relating to the draft. You know they took uh, Isaiah Simmons, and we spoke about you know how excited we were for that pick. Um, Isaiah Simmons has had. 25 defensive snaps in two games you know both of them were starts um but he was benched he was burned by george kittle um and moser in week one and uh washington handled him pretty well um you know so just talking about the draft a little bit you know we we expect a bit big things from isaiah simmons you know, but that also goes back to you know with the with the coronavirus. You know, there was yeah, well, no, they have fourteen padded practices, no offseason, like no you're tra- jumping to an NFL speed defense. For sure. So you know, a lot of people talking about him, like you know, was this a bad pick? No, it wasn't. He had no training camp. He had no preseason. 
you know, you're basically, you know, so with these rookies, it applies to fantasy also um, in a situation where you've got it. We spoke about this on one of the podcasts earlier. You've got to give it four to six weeks before you really can find out what you have. You know, we spoke about Tampa Bay earlier. Same situation. You know, when they get four to six weeks in that offense, you know, they're going to be rolling on all cylinders. You know, so these teams that are 0-2, I don't think you can necessarily put too much stock into it. Um, you know, I mean, and last it, time, you know, that when the Dolphins started 0-2 and, and then they went 11-5 and and won the division, and by the flip side of that, you've seen teams like the Dolphins go 3-0 and and then end up 7-9 and and miss the playoffs. So for sure. To, to what you're saying, and I think that's a good life lesson as well. I think there's a problem in today's society where because of social media and how fast we get information. What have you done for me lately? Everything's like, what is? what have you done for me lately? And how good is this in the last five seconds? And it's the way we analyze relationships. It's the way we look at our jobs. It's the way we look at everything. Stay the course, man, and play the long game. Just like any great financial investor would tell you, play the long game. Stop giving up on people, whether it's in fantasy, whether it's in life, so quickly you have no idea what people are capable of. Like the great Michael Scott once said, you have no idea how high I can fly. Is that an office reference? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, So talking about 0-2 teams, Detroit's 0-2. And I think this is a situation where you know, not having a training camp and not having a preseason probably could have hurt Detroit more than a lot of teams. Um, you know, they have Matt Stafford, DeAndre Swift in the backfield. I mean, he was phenomenal at Georgia. You know, but him not getting that work, um, it, you know, I, I think it's kind of affected him a little bit. Yeah, that's um, another backfield where I'm not touching anybody. I know Adrian Peterson had a good week one. And Karrion Johnson. But it's just too much. Yeah. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay's been hurt, you know, so that kind of thrust Marvin Jones into that number one role. Um, TJ Hawkinson, you know, you kind of expected, you know, a little bit more from him, you know, but obviously, you know, you know, still growing. You know, they also have Jesse James and they drafted Hunter Bryan out of FAU. So there's a lot of depth there um, with Detroit. I think it's a situation where in weeks four to six, you know, you'll kind of see what they're made of. Um, yeah. But, you know, but from a fantasy perspective... Yeah, there's not touching there, anybody. Yeah, there's you know with Galladay hurt, you know that kind of closes in the offense. Um, I think Arizona wins. I think Arizona wins big. Um, yeah, so Arizona to cover and to take the win. Absolutely. Now this next one should be a great, great game. Agreed. So Sunday night football, and I am so glad that all of America will have a front row seat to hashtag Revenge Tour 2020. Aaron Rodgers is that bad, bad man, and he's coming for your milk money. So I hate to tell you, Saints fans, but Green Bay is going to go to 3-0 on the season when they handle business. Now, I know that the Saints are favored by three points, but unfortunately, Drew Brees can't throw the ball over four yards down the field, and Michael Thomas is out for two to four weeks. Green Bay has the the number one offense in the league. This is going to be lights out, Aaron Rodgers primetime special. Agree or disagree? This this one's this one's tough for me. So New Orleans at home, favored by three. So basically, according to Vegas, it's a pick 'em. Um, just to kind of break down each team, you know, you spoke about Aaron Rodgers. Um, he was a do not touch 
in fantasy drafts at the beginning of the year. You know, a lot of people just, you know, they weren't on the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, great NFL quarterback, perceived at the beginning of the year as obviously not a great fantasy quarterback. That's because y'all don't know how petty he is. And how has that changed? Um, you know, even with Devontae Adams out, um, Alan Lazard and MVS, Marquez, Valdez, Scantlin, you know, they've, they're have they both great two wide receiver pickups if you don't have them in your league. Um Aaron Jones says, what do you go off for, like 137 points last week? I mean, whatever it was. It was just, obviously, I'm joking, but it was he had a great game. Um, yeah, I played the guy who had Aaron Jones. Yeah, that so, didn't work out well. Yeah, that's me. tough. You know, so, I mean, with New Orleans, you know, Michael Thomas is out. Um, Traquan Smith has played well. We thought that was going to be Emmanuel Sanders. He has not shown up. Um, Alvin Kamara has been playing lights out, but how long... You know, is he going to be able to sustain that success? Um, you know, this, this, this. You're is, conflicted, man. I, I can am. see it. Yeah. I can feel it. Uh, you know, You're just like rambling stats, but I, I, I can, it, I can it, see you don't know where to go with this one. It's a tough one. You know, I, I, I want to say New Orleans at home, but obviously, you know, home field advantage isn't what it once was. Um, I, you know what? I, I do see Green Bay winning this one. You know, I think Rodgers has been on, regardless of, uh, you know, Adams being out. You know, they do have people catching the ball. Aaron Jones has been solid. Um, losing Michael Thomas has affected New Orleans. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe when I looked up, we talked about it on what had happened was Wednesday. Um, I couldn't believe that Drew Brees has the lowest yards per air attempt, and it's not even close for all the quarterbacks in the league, and he's literally yeah. tossing the ball like four yards down the field. And he's, a lot of that is going to Kamara. You know, they're they're having to kind of play through him. And um, and I, th- I think people undersell. You ask about, you know, what happened, what was the change in Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you what the fucking change was. Jordan Love, that was the fucking change. Because people who know a lot about Aaron Rodgers, I've, I've seen where... People have met him to take pictures and things like that, and some of them say, oh, you know, I thought you were a lot taller, and it pisses him off. It really bothers him when people say that, but I like that. I like that that bothers him. I'm a petty individual myself. I can take some things personally from time to time, and when he said before the draft that, well, we've never taken an offensive weapon in the first round, so that would be kind of cool, and then they said, no, nah, we're going to take a quarterback who will probably take your job at some point. He said, all right, I don't know who I'm going to play for at the end of my career, but I know that y'all are going to rue this fucking day. So, yeah, I mean, the Packers had an opportunity to take an offensive weapon. Um, obviously, the Jordan Love pick, nobody saw that coming. Um, nobody? Oh, well, I did. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That was in your mock draft. I saw that happening, and uh, you know, I still stand by that, obviously. Um, you know, but you know what? If it's a situation where drafting Jordan Love has pushed Aaron Rodgers to be even better, then maybe it was a good pick. And that is the situation that's playing out. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been playing lights out. You know, Aaron Jones is kind of like the Chris Carson, also a fantasy. Just you, d- you don't hear much about him, but they produce and they produce and they produce. Um, I think Aaron Jones actually goes crazy in this game. I like him. I think New Orleans is going to have to rely on Kamara. But I do like Green Bay, especially with the three. I actually see Green Bay winning this game straight out. So if you can get the three, take it. 
but I like yeah. Green Bay in this game. Agree on all fronts. Dun, 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 dun. Monday night football. This will be an excellent matchup. This one, this is one I had trouble with, probably comparable to your Sunday night football game. So you've got the Kansas City Chiefs at 2-0 taking on the Baltimore Ravens at 2-0. Two for sure playoff teams that are going to be in it towards the end of the season. Baltimore is actually favored by three and a half points. And me, personally, I'm taking those points. I'm I'm absolutely taking those points. I think that Kansas City will at the very least get within three points of that game because we know their offensive prowess. We know that they can score, even though they're not doing it this year at a clip that they were last year. I still believe that they have what it takes to keep up with the Ravens. The Ravens defense, number one fantasy defense right now. They're one of the best in the league. And I think that... Man, this is this is going to be a really tough matchup, but I'm actually taking Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, just like the Sunday night game, this one's also difficult. So we said, uh, you know, Baltimore minus the three and a half. So Vegas, you know, it's kind of a just a, a pick 'em game with yeah, Baltimore. Just barely Baltimore getting the three for the home field. Um, Lamar Jackson's been playing well. Um, the running back situation in Baltimore is kind of becoming a little frustrating, right? I mean, you got Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, J.K. had three touches For last sure. week. Yeah. I think he had 30 yards or something. Yeah, it's a situation where it was, you know, it's kind of you know a little bit perplexing. Um, I know Gus Edwards got some work. Yeah, that yeah, that's right. I think Gus yeah. Edwards had like 75 yards or something. Yeah, didn't he? so it's like that's like it's like a three-headed monster in running backs, like you know, because J.K. Dobbins after week one, I mean, he's he was, become way too popular this year. It's, it's it's destroying fantasy teams, but I'm sure it's it's good for yeah you NFL know and then teams. you know with Baltimore you know Hollywood Brown playing well um, Mark Andrews at tight end you know he's obviously uh, yeah I think this is going to be like week one for Mark Andrews I think he's going to have another big night uh, on Monday Night Football yeah and then Kansas City I mean you know we could talk about that offense all day you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire you know basically you know. What are you going to get out of him week three against this Baltimore defense? You know, I think this is a, a big game test for him. Mm-hmm. I, I I keep wanting to go back to, to Kansas City on this one, but, you know, it's difficult. You know, Baltimore, I think they want to prove something. It really is crazy. Like, there's a lot of picks that we're confident in. And, again, last week I went 15-1, and one, but there were still a couple of those, even those games, like the one that I lost where it was you're really splitting hairs. And I think... If we get what we want out of this game, then this should be a Rocky Balboa-type slugfest where in the fourth quarter these teams are going back and forth at each other seeing who's going to get the last punch in. And yeah, win. I agree with that. It, this is probably the game where whoever has the ball last wins the game. Um, you know, What are you going to get out of Sammy Watkins? Is it going to be the week one Sammy Watkins like last year where he just goes off, or is it going to be weeks two through 17 where he does absolutely freaking nothing? Um, you know, Tyree Kill, I think he has a good game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's playing well. Yeah. Again, and as as you've probably figured out by now listening to this show is as we start to just kind of name every player on the team is is when we start not being very decisive on our picks because it's just very difficult for us. I am going to take Kansas City though. 
I'm Jay, I'm gonna take Baltimore, and I'm gonna okay. and I'm gonna take Baltimore to win outright. Uh, not even with the you know just straight up win. Kansas City gonna have the three and a half. Baltimore covering that three and a half. Uh, that's that's difficult. Yeah. But, but I, you know what? I will take Baltimore. I will take them to cover. Um, so I, you are taking them to cover the three and a half. I do. I think Baltimore. I think this is going to be a statement game for them. Um, See, I'm with you. I think if they win, it's a one point field goal win. I don't. I, I personally would stay away from the points, but you know, J Man is is going to take them to cover. Um, and I and again, I, I have Kansas City to win, but this is this is a tough one for me. Yeah. Don't so, d- don't bet the kids' college fund on this game. Absolutely. You know. So overall, you know, we're week three of the NFL season's coming. You know, storylines has been injuries. Uh, a lot of players have gotten hurt. A lot of players have gone down. Um, that goes to, you know, training camps, preseason. You know, these guys not being able to get in, get acclimated. You know, it's created this situation. I will say one action that, I, that does entice me on the Monday night football game is the over is 55. So I'm taking the over on that. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm taking the You're telling me that they're not going to score 30 points apiece? Mm. Yeah, I think this could – I think – Low, it could be like a twenty-eight to twenty-seven score. That's low. I do think it goes above that. I do like the over on Kansas City, Baltimore. Yeah. So bet the college uh, tuition fund for your kids on the over. If it doesn't work out, then you know they probably weren't that smart. Otherwise, yeah. they would have had a scholarship. Anyway. For sure, absolutely. So that'll do it for us with our week three picks. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy game day. Enjoy week three. Thank you for all the love and support you've been showing on the Twitter page. If you guys don't follow us at Regulators Pod on Twitter. And remember, you can now play us through Alexa. You can just ask Alexa, play Regulators Podcast. I want to thank Uncle Jay, as always, for stopping by the show. Justin Snyder, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you having me on, Waldo. Always good to be back. Week three. Hoping everything pans out for us here with our picks, with fantasy. Looking forward to uh, seeing how all this plays out. And hopefully... uh, like the Dolphins, I can get a week three fantasy win. Let's go, baby. May your all of your fantasy players make it through this week uninjured. May your pickums be great, and may nobody get the COVID. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, remember to engage with us on Twitter during the games. We love to talk shit. Let's get into it, and you know how we end every show. Let's go. Regulators! Regulators!